In the Springs, episode number 82, comedian L.A. Hardy. Enjoy. Yeah, I've been at it for quite a while and still love it. Still love it. Black Star Trek. There's the show, but if you don't do the business, there is no show. Well, I'm on the road now, so both of my kids are tied up in the basement until I get back. The uh, the dream is real. The hustle sold separately. So... Good enough? Got you. All right. Sounding good. L.A. Hardy. Yes, sir. You are in the springs, my friend. <laughs> it took us about a year, but we're doing this. We're finally. <laughs> finally. All right. So you're just starting your weekend here at uh, Looney's uh, Comedy Corner. So let's start at the start. How long have you been doing this? And uh, wh- where's home for you now? All that kind of stuff. I'm originally a Cleveland boy, actually. So I'm not really all that thrilled about Denver going to the Super Bowl, but good for you. <laughs> Um, originally from Cleveland, uh, went through, uh, went to LA in, in the mid nineties, started my career in 1993. I've been doing it like 23 years now, man. It seems weird to say that, but yeah, I've been at it for quite a while and still love it. Still love it. Now, did you ever imagine that 93 till now you'd still be doing this? Was this oh, yeah. always the plan? I, I knew I would always be doing the personal appearance thing. I just wasn't sure what other things were going to go along with it because getting into this, I, my, my original thing for this i wanted arsenio's job i wanted the late night tv host thing and uh that's what i've been more working with is hosting stuff than anything else uh still still at it still working at it but now i live in florida okay yeah so now what was it about kind of the arsenio thing what what attracted you to that oh man i knew that since i was a little kid uh Flip Wilson was my inspiration. I, I was a big Flip Wilson fan. I like the fact of him hosting his own show. It's uh, uh, it's not just comedy. It's music. It's a different kind of thing, and uh, that always appealed to me. Yeah, I always get into that. So now, when you started out, were you in Cleveland the first time you got yeah. on stage? Yeah, man. And what was that experience yeah. like? What was, was the awesome. comedy scene? Hot. Yeah. Very hot. I mean, we had um, one, two, three, like four clubs within 15, 20 minutes of each other. Holy cow! And even still, there's two. Uh, there's an improv and there's another club called Hilarities that are about 10 minutes from each other. And then there's rooms all around. It's a pretty hip scene. It's pretty uh, pretty, uh, pretty good. As a young comic coming up, there was a lot of work. Gotcha. A lot of things you could do. And so what was that first time on stage for you as a stand-up comedian? What was oh, that experience like? man, it was like, like uh, sex. It was awesome. It was, <laughs> first time I went on stage, I won a contest. And that just gave me the, the impetus that, hey, you're actually funny. Come back and do it again. And I just kept coming back, kept coming back. And... Uh, here I am today. Now, did you have any any sense of sort of who you were as a comedian? Because no. I know now you've got, um, you know, Black Dad and a lot of right. family-oriented humor. So what was that first time on stage? Did you feel like you were copying some of your idols or heroes? Or did you have sort of an original voice at that point? Or what is that? Didn't have an original voice. Uh, had a lot of energy and uh, a lot of enthusiasm. And I kind of weaved that into a five-minute piece of stuff that I had written uh, that was observational, things I had thought about, this, that, and the other, like it was black Star Trek. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a technician, you know, that kind of thing. And I was just just all over the place with it, didn't really have any any real um, uh, 
uh, starting point and ending point with where I wanted to go with it was just having fun. And I started late as well. I was 32 when I started comedy. Is that right? So that tells you where I'm at now. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, now, what was the delay? Because that is, I mean, I think relative to your peers, that is pretty uh, late to get in the game. Yeah, well, I was trying to play professional baseball. That was really what I went to went to college for. I was a Division One college pitcher. I was trying to get into that and did that till I was probably, I don't know, 27, 28 before I finally gave that up. And... Um, yeah, man, comedy. I'd gotten into uh, the corporate life. I was doing uh, Jimmy Corporate. I was wearing a shirt and tie, doing that whole thing, and and that sucked. And I didn't really didn't really like myself, even though I made a lot of money. And I uh, was just looking for something else to do. A buddy dared me to go on stage, and the next week I went up and tried it. And probably, I don't know, six, eight months after that, got fired from the last real job I had, and I was like, you know what, full time, brother full-time yeah so i said you know i don't need this house i don't need this girlfriend and i don't need this thirty-six thousand dollars that i owe the irs i'm gonna get rid of it all disappear for a few years and move to la and that's what i did no kidding yeah man i was uh i was off paper for like five years man that's crazy yeah man. so now what was the la experience like for you awesome awesome it was a uh L.A. is that kind of place that's like uh, that chick you meet at the dance. She's just so hot, and she's willing to do anything, and she's just ready to go at any moment's notice, man, and you never know what she's going to do, and then you wake up in the morning, and she's not there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, man, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's, it's the anything-can-happen vibe. Yeah. I mean, you can wake up, and it's just, a, it's just an energy, man. It's just all around you. And I like the beach. I like the mountains. I like... Uh, uh, we had weed first, so that was cool. And um, yeah, man, I like the LA thing. So now, when did you decide to break up with LA? Uh, actually, my wife did. She okay. decided that uh, I made the mistake of letting her see what the housing values were in Florida. And the next thing you know, I was driving a truck to <laughs> Florida. So yeah. <laughs> it was just one of those kind of things. She was just a little tired of it, wanted a nest, you know, the bigger nest than what we had. And uh, it's worked out okay. I got two two kids, so it's uh, you know it's, it's more about them than it is about me at this point. As long as I can get where I got to go, I'm at Looney's this weekend. There you go. There That's you all go. that matters, man. So now going back a little bit to the you know kind of the the early part of your career, I think stand up comedy is sort of a fraternity. Um, I think by and large comedians are pretty supportive of one another. So as you were coming up, who were some of your mentors or who were some of the people that you know kind of took you out on the road for the first time and kind of um, gave you some tips and that sort of thing. There was a guy, he's actually still there, a guy named Bruce Haynes, a uh, real good comic, great guy, um, had achieved a certain level of success and kind of kind of went a different direction because he wanted to make sure that his kids and everything and his family was good. Um, pretty much him and me flying by the seat of my pants, man. There wasn't a whole lot of mentoring going on. Um, while comics can be supportive, uh, comics can also be dicks. You know, we can, we can, we can sabotage ourselves as well as other people, and we were, some of us can be pretty good at it. I'm pretty good at sabotaging myself. So, <laughs> now, now, what do you mean by that? What are some uh, examples some, of? Man, there's you're gonna get opportunities in this business if you just stick around. And sometimes when you get those opportunities, you're not quite sure what to do with them when you get them. You're too early in your career to get certain opportunities or certain things to happen for you. And I kind of burned slash torched slash. Uh, obliterated some bridges <laughs> <laughs> along the way. Yeah. So, you know, if I had to do over again, I'd probably do the same thing, but maybe I'd be a little nicer. I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's a learning experience. All, everything that you run into is just a thing to get you where you're going to go. So had I not burnt some of those, I might not be where I'm at now. Who knows? Yeah. You know? Well, you know, I, I think a lot of comics, sort of the, the business element of stand-up is always sort of a, you know, kind of a slippery thing to get a hold of. Were you... 
business-minded in the sense that I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to try that, and then I'm going to go do this? Or did it just, when, when opportunities came up, you would go after it? Or were you a little, a little more bit strategic? Yeah. A little bit of both. I had a strategic idea of what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. Um, it's just that certain things happened along the way to either detour that, change that direction a little bit, but the goal was still the same. Like I'm saying, I'm, I'm still going for the Arsenio thing. Along the way, I've had two kids. Um, along the way, um, I've had other television opportunities. I've had uh, some things happen where uh, I actually uh, was out of the business for like a year and a half. I had some serious surgeries done, and it, it changed my whole outlook, my whole uh, uh, thing for a little while. So there are obstacles that come along the way, but I, I had a pretty good idea what I wanted to do business-wise. And one thing I learned early on, man, is if it's called show business for a reason. There's the show, but if you don't do the business, there is no show. Right, right. So, you know, there's a there's a large part of that that a lot of guys got to recognize and understand. Now, are you comfortable with that aspect of it? Is that part of the the work that you do? Do you enjoy that element of it? I mean, it's a necessary evil, man. It's just something that you have to do. I mean, I got to make phone calls. I got to make emails. I got to edit my material uh, and, and, and get it out to people. And re But it's a lot easier to do now than it was earlier in my career when we were using video videotapes and you had to mail everything to everybody. Right, right. You know, now there's, there's you know, the internet and whatnot. I mean, you really can broadcast yourself. If, if you can get 50 people in a room, you have a comedy club. So, yeah. you know. Well, now somebody, you know, that has the amount of experience that you've got in the industry, you know, from 93 until now. The amount of experience. <laughs> you old SOB. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm trying that. to be kind here, really. <laughs> <laughs> How much has it changed over the course of your career? You kind of alluded to, you know, back in the day, you have to send VHS tapes and right, a press kit. Right. And now you, you shoot an email with a, an hour-long clip attached to sure, it. Sure, sure, or less. Yeah, and probably. what are the, the advantages or disadvantages of how things have changed and the accessibility to, I go up and do an open mic, and I put it on YouTube, and all at once I'm a comedian? Well, not quite in that order, but I do get what you're saying. That's a possibility. Um, for me, the biggest change is just the, 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 uh, the technology, man. Being able to do those kinds of things. You can go tape your set right now, upload it to YouTube, and that set you just did is already on the internet less than an hour after you did it. Yeah. And being is that good or bad, though? I mean, generically speaking, would you, what would be your... It's, it's kind of bad for live uh, in that if, if, if you can see a so much of a person online and you don't feel like you need to see much more up close then you're going to make that decision. But at the same time, it's also an impetus for you to go see that person live because no matter what you saw online, if you're there, there's that experience that you get with being live that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. And that's, you know, there's, there's nothing can be said for that. That's just great. I mean, Looney's is actually one of the great places. I've got a couple of great stories just from being here that if you're not here, you'd never even know it. I mean, it's... The live experience, there's nothing, you, you can't get away from it. It's yeah. the best. It's still the best. Well, you know, and I noticed on your, uh, on your Facebook page that um, I think with fairly recently you had done some auditions. I think it was with Tyler Perry's yeah. uh, company. So for you from, and again, this is kind of a generic question, but from a creative standpoint and a business standpoint, what do you enjoy about pursuing things outside of stand-up comedy? What does that do for you? Oh, for me, it's just a chance to stretch the wings, man. I mean, I'm a, I'm a versatile performer. I, I build myself as the entertainer with flavor. And I'm an entertainer, man. I'm a voiceover artist. I'm a, uh, uh, I've got my own cartoon, which is the Black Dad thing. Right, um, right. I'm a serious actor. I've got stuff on my reel where I'm, there's no comedy involved whatsoever. And that's the stuff I enjoy doing, man, just stretching out, getting to do different things. That's half the fun of this whole business is just doing things that you never thought you would do. I mean, when I started... 
uh, somebody asked me what I wanted to do, the first thing I said to him, I said, what I'm going to probably end up doing is something that's never been invented yet. Bang! Right, right. You know? Now, how do you balance the, the family component of that? Because a large part of what you do, particularly as a stand-up, is you're going to be on the road, you're going to be away, that sort of thing. How has that, how has that been for you? Well, I'm on the road now, so both of my kids are tied up in the basement until I get back. <laughs> um, that keeps them pretty well in line. You know, I've got a feeding dish there, so they don't have to worry about that. And I have the TV up loud so nobody can hear them outside. So we've pretty much... <laughs> so you've got this down to yeah, a science, man. Yeah, man. man. When I leave, they know basement. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they got that look on their face. Please, Father. Ah, oh, he came home. God is good. <laughs> so are, you, are your kids supportive? Do they understand what you're doing and, and why you do it? Uh, yes and no. It's a kind of a catch-22. They enjoy the stand-up part, laughing part. They think dad's fun when dad's fun, but dad's not usually fun when he's at home. I'm pretty serious with them because yeah. I, I try not to uh, let that side of me get too, too far into it because my son thinks he's a comedian. Not not on stage, right, right, right. Just in his answers, like you. Hey, man, the sky is blue. No, it's gray. Hey, man, uh, uh, are you walking? No, I'm running. Um, Are you going to run over here? No, I'm walking. Whatever it is, he's got to be contrary to it. So sometimes I have to just catch him off guard. Tell him, hey, man, I'm going to go to the game store and buy you some games. No, I don't. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. So it's 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 a battle, but it's uh. It's interesting, man. So, so what happens when your son comes up to you? Not how 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 old is your? He, t- your he kids? turns eleven uh, in two weeks, the tenth. And my daughter's fifteen, so okay. I got a fifteen-year-old as well. That's so, so your daughter or your son come up, you know, come up to you when they're eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Right. Hey, dad, there's an open mic. I'm going to go check it out. Right. What, what's your knee-jerk reaction to that? Um, probably they'll be at it before eighteen or twenty. Yeah. Yeah. If they're going to do it, because my daughter's already an actress. She's doing a lot of that kind of stuff. She's had an agent for a long time, and both of them have done commercials. So there's things that you know, uh, they don't. They don't know they aspire to them, but I think they aspire to them. They both like, uh, they're both attention whores, if it were. You know, they just, uh, they <laughs> no, like that spotlight. Why do you think they get that Dude, out, I right? have no idea. It's probably their mom. It's all their mom. Probably their mom. She's hot, you know. She's a flight attendant. She flies all over the world, so, you know. Yeah. I mean, does that excite you if your kids were to pursue the, the kind of the entertainment world as, as, a, as a profession, knowing all that you know and how tough it is and... You know, breaks come and go, and timing is every all that kind of stuff. Is that something that man? As long as it's their choice, whatever they want to do, I don't care. Yeah, I really don't care. My son, uh, he's uh, he's big in basketball right now. He's he's really getting into that, and um, he wants to be a game designer, video game designer, which is a lot more profitable for him than basketball is going to be. But if basketball gets him a scholarship to go somewhere, hey man, let's play basketball. Yeah, you know. But the main thing is their happiness. As long as they're doing what they want to do. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Thanks. Now, other than comedy, right? W- what do you do? Porn. <laughs> lots and lots of porn. Production, watching. What's the? I run the gamut, man. I'm behind the camera. I'm in front of the camera. I'm producing content. I do what I got to do, man. I got the I got the product out there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, you just made I'm middle-aged, man. I'm middle-aged. <laughs> I got to think of new stuff to do. <laughs> and you're on the road a lot. I'm on so the you road. Do what right. you got to so do. You got to swing. You got to do it. All right. So yeah, you made me sweat on that. <laughs> like, we'll move on here. So so uh, you know, kind of the 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 amount of thought that you put into your career. Where do you see yourself five years from now? I wow. mean, have, you, have you kind of mapped out? Oh. And that's tough to say in this business because a lot of it's yeah. out of your control. Well, there's that, and then stuff's happening so fast, you don't know what's the next thing's going to be. But um, for me, 
I've pretty much taken the assertion that I'm just going to take control of my own career and I'm going to produce uh, either some other comics, uh, some shows, and potentially open up my own club. So I've got some my eyes on some other things as well as what I'm currently doing. Um, but I'm still producing the content, man. Like uh, I have a new CD that I'm actually breaking out tonight. Nice. Uh, I'm breaking out another CD that's coming out before the end of this month. And uh, I anticipate the new DVD being out before June. Nice. So this will be the second DVD, my fourth and fifth CDs. And just, you know, still loving it, man. Still putting it out here. So now the the idea of opening up a club, what would be... What would that look like for you? Because there's clubs A lot of like, white women. A lot of white women. <laughs> and we're going back to porn, I think. <laughs> 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 a lot of white women. But, you know, porn, white women, it kind of go together. Um, so would that be down in Florida? Is that yeah, kind of the yeah, ideal probably, scenario? Yeah, probably do something down in Florida from the way it looks right now. Um, and probably something on a smaller scale. I don't, I, don't, I don't anticipate it being a big mega club kind of thing. I like a, a small, smoky room um, that uh, is conducive to creativity, man. Yeah, people coming in and having a good time and mixing in some jazz along with that. So not just straight up comedy. There'd be some other nah, jazz and food, man. Yeah, jazz and food. Jazz so and now food. this is a little inside baseball as far as the question. But what makes a great show, other than having a great comedian on stage? What are the elements that go around a show that that makes it great? Customer service, the club, uh, uh, getting the people to understand what's expected of them when they get in there. And not letting the uh, the clientele dictate how the club is going to be. The club has to dictate, dictate that, or the venue, wherever that is. Um, when you're Looney's is really good because these guys have have been here for a long time, and this is the second incarnation of it. I know these guys and the previous owners, and uh, the, the the community seems to support the club. There's always a high turnover because it's a transitional type of thing with the military being here, right? And um, it just. Uh, People coming with an open mind makes a big difference, man. Yeah. Coming ready to laugh, having a good time, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> All right, L.A., I know you've got a... I'm going to allow you to get up on stage here in a little bit, so hey, I don't want to dominate man. your time. Uh, dude, you are all right. I don't but, care what they say but, about you. But what do you have cooking? Last question. What do you have cooking for? I know you've got a couple CDs coming out, a DVD coming out, but what are you looking forward to this year? Anything on the horizon that you've yeah, got you know, kind of on the books? I am uh, a host of a show that I'm hoping is going to get picked up. I'm hearing some good things. Uh, I don't want to say too much about it because I don't want to jinx it, but uh, okay. Um we're going to uh, move forward with that. Hopefully, my cartoon's going to get picked up as well, Black Dad. You can see that on YouTube. Nice. And um, you know, the uh, the dream is real. The hustle sold separately. So <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. La, well, I appreciate your time, my friend, and have a uh, have thanks, a great Ryan. weekend here at Looney's. Appreciate it, man. Thanks All right, for having thanks. me. Good seeing you. So there you have it, veteran stand-up comedian L.A. Hardy. My thanks to L.A. for being on the show, and apologies for having to cut things short. As you could tell, we ran right up to showtime. Uh, All the best to L.A., and I look forward to catching up with him the next time he rolls through town. Thank you to Eric and the folks at Looney's Comedy Corner for their continued support. As always, thank you for listening to In the Springs. If you've listened to the podcast and think it doesn't suck, Take the time to give us a positive review on iTunes or wherever you consume your podcast media. Until next time, I'm Ryan Lowry, and we'll see you again right here in the Springs. (laughs) 